So good morning, everybody. Such a blessing to worship you with you and be with you today. I'm going to be speaking um, today about faith. So I like that Waymaker song and that another in the fire song. Those are songs about faith for sure. Uh, two weeks ago, I spoke about being on mission and our mission to be disciples and to make disciples and go into all the world making disciples. And we do this because with the love of the Lord, loving God and loving others. Um, and how when we're on mission, the most important thing to always be doing is checking in with the Holy Spirit, checking in with the Lord to say, what's next? What's next? What's next? Just constantly hearing from God. Then last week, Aaron spoke about uh, being in the dark, about God's word being a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It was really good. And um, the necessity of light in the darkness. And so we not only survive, but we can actually thrive in places of darkness and uncertainty when we have the Holy Spirit in our ear, when we have God's word lighting our path. Hearing, in the, hearing the Holy Spirit, believing in his word to light our path, those activities require faith. They require faith. And faith is one of those paradoxical, strange principles in the kingdom of heaven. It's like, it's a weird one to grasp. It's one of those things that believers do and the world looks at us and is like, how can you have faith in times like this? It's a paradox. It's a, it's, a, it's a belief that the Lord is gonna lead us no matter what is happening. So I wanna talk today about faith and uncertainty and darkness, just continue this theme, not just our own individual faith, but I wanna talk about what it looks like towards the end of my message, I'll talk about what that looks like in community and how we do that in community. But let me pray, I'm gonna start with a prayer. In Jesus' name, I just, first of all, I want to reject lies. I just reject lies that faith is too hard, that faith is too strange, that faith, I just, I pray, God, that you would reveal during this time places where we have lies about faith. And we just believe and receive faith from you, God. We put our trust in you. We pray, I pray today that we, you would enable us and empower us to have faith in you, Jesus, to turn to you, to believe in you, to trust in you, not in what we can do, not in our performance, not in what the world says, but in you. Deposited in us, Lord, today as we, as we think about faith. So let's start in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, if you're new to the Bible, is the chapter with what we call the Hall of Fame for Faith. It's the Faith Hall of Fame. It's got the list of everyone who went before us, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah, Rahab, Gideon, David, just all... Um, the prophets, all of these people who went before us in faith, and we look to them as examples in the Bible. But the whole chapter opens with this statement. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. All these people in that hall of faith, they journeyed with God, even though they couldn't see, they didn't know what was going to happen next. Some of them suffered, some of them even died, but they had this confidence. Sometimes it wavered, right? Sometimes their confidence wavered, but they would go back and pull out that faith again and get back in faith and have confidence that God was doing something greater. God was doing something bigger. That this world and what we see here and now physically is not the end of the matter. That there's a spiritual realm and a spiritual dimension where greater things are at work than what we can see and that what they could see all those thousands of years ago. They had this faith. Faith is a conviction, a belief, a trust that God loves us. God has a plan for us. And God is fulfilling his purposes for you and for me and for this earth itself that we walk in. One commentator, David Guzik, he, he puts it this way. He says, just as our physical eyesight is a sense that gives us evidence of the material world, faith is the sense that gives us evidence of the invisible, the spiritual world. If you have the substance before you, or if you can see it, there is no use for faith. Faith is needed for what we can't see and can't touch. That's why we sing those songs, Waymaker, even when I can't see it, you're moving. Even when I can't feel it, you're moving. We're assuring ourselves because our faith can waver because there are lies that come in that say, I'm not sure God is doing anything. And we pull into our spirits and we speak to our souls and we say, wait a minute, God's moving. There's someone else in the fire with me. It's happening. I'm okay. I can make it. I read this quote a while back by Anne Lamott, popular writer. And I was like, what? She said, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. At first, I thought, oh, that can't be right. And then I was like, wait a minute, that is right. <laughs> if I'm certain of what's going to happen, I don't need faith. No faith is required. But if it's when things are uncertain, when the way is unknowable, that's when faith rises up. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. So I've got an Instagram account. And it's the, the science and math and all the stuff around that, the advertising and marketing is interesting. So they send you reels, right? They, they make up these ideas of what you're going to want to watch based on what you've liked and what you've watched in the past. And so I always find that a great way to become self-aware of what is on my mind. So they send me advertisements for cleaning. Okay, so cleaning. <laughs> They send me pictures of toddlers learning to ski and snowboard because I love kids and I love the outdoors. What a great combo. So inspiring. They send me reels of moms singing with their sick kids. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Or when their kids are throwing tantrums, every hour I need you, you know. 
Do you, anybody else get those? Only if you have kids and you're praying, right? They send me pictures of kids on LDS missions doing TikTok dances. <laughs> so that must be because all my kids, friends, who we all end up following each other are on their missions. Then they sing, and then this is the one that I probably spend the most time watching, which is a little scary. They send me a lot of extreme sports reels to the Avicii song, you know, live a life you will remember, of people like bungee jumping off of cliffs, people skiing these crazy ridge lines down these chutes in the snow. And I'm like, I guess I watch them because I just want to make sure they live, you know? I'm like, why do I watch these? And on one hand, they're inspiring. On one hand, they're terrifying. But I was thinking about that. I was like, how much faith does that require? Now, if I were to do it, it would require tremendous faith. But these people are actually extreme skiers, extreme sports adventurers. They've got harnesses. They can see what they're doing. They've got training. They've got um, strength. They're athletes. They're physical. It actually doesn't, it requires training and it requires um, practice and strength and sight, but it doesn't actually require faith because they can see what they're doing. That's how hard faith is. If you're struggling in your faith, I just want to give you some hope maybe that God is asking us to do something that is bigger than anything we can do in our physical strength. It's bigger than anything we can see. It's bigger than us. There's no certainty. That's why it's called faith. Faith is needed for what we can't see and what we can't touch. It's needed when the road is uncertain, when things are not predictable. We have this assurance in God and the love and faithfulness of the Lord, but the rest requires faith. So on Monday, uh, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I saw something or was reminded of a speech he gave the day before he died. It's the day before he dies. It's a 43-minute speech. It's really a good speech. It's a great one to listen to or read, but at the very end of it, he concludes with these words. This is what he says. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing the day before he dies. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. He was receiving a lot of death threats before he died. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. What did Dr. King see? <laughs> it wasn't natural, because all he was getting 
was hate and death threats. That's what he was hearing in the natural realm. But he was hearing and seeing something greater, something that we can't see or touch. His words imparted faith, not just to himself, but to others. And his words were so powerful that even today, years later, we still say them and repeat them because they build faith in us. His spiritual eyes brought him to a place where he could be confident of what he hoped for and assured of what he couldn't see. And they propelled him to the place where he said, I just want to do God's will. Here's another modern day example. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I was realized the other day, and my, I think it was some of my, kid, my kids or some young people hadn't heard of her. I was like, what? You know, in our generation, in my generation, we know who Mother Teresa is, but my kids didn't. I said, well, she created homes for people who were dying of HIV and AIDS, leprosy, tuberculosis. She had soup kitchens. She had orphanages and children's clinics and counseling programs for families. And all of the people that joined her in her mission, this is what they committed to. They said, we're going to give wholehearted, free service to the poorest of the poor. And I've heard from people who serve overseas that Calcutta is one of the most difficult places to be on the planet. It's that dark. So after 50 years of serving the poor, this is what she said. She had some moments of discouragement, 50 years. She said, when I try to raise my thoughts to heaven, there is such convicting emptiness that those very thoughts return like sharp knives and hurt my very soul. Love the world, it brings nothing. Love the word, it brings nothing. I am told God loves me, and yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great that nothing touches my soul. In spite of all, this darkness and emptiness is not as painful as a longing for God. Before I could spend hours before our Lord, loving him, talking to him, and now not even meditation goes properly. Yet deep down, somewhere in my heart, that longing for God keeps breaking through the darkness. I have come to love the darkness for I believe that it is a part, a very small part of Jesus's darkness and pain on earth. So if you, if you Google Mother Teresa quotes on faith, you will get so many inspiring quotes that will build your faith and be like, yes, I'm going to go serve the poor. Yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to love God. Yes, I've got faith. But somehow it was actually in places of darkness and uncertainty that her, that's where faith was developed. Somehow, it's in those places that faith breaks through darkness. And now her life and her wisdom become inspiration for us. I share these two examples because sometimes we think faith is having it all figured out. Sometimes we say, oh, this is going to happen. And this is what's going to happen next. And ABC leads to D. And this is how we have to accomplish the mission. Uh, last night, we were watching the Packers 49ers game. Anybody else? I know some other people are very happy in this room because the 49ers won. I'm sorry if you're a Packers fan. 
But in, the, in watching the game, at one point, um, Aaron and the guys were talking about those really difficult times when coaches have to make a call. And it's like you could go either way. And one way, it's do we take the penalty or do we not take the penalty? Do we get the extra yards? Do we wait for the punt return? Like, what do we do? And, you know, we're all watching this TV and everybody on the couch is like yelling, this is what he should do. This is what he should do. Oh, that's such a stupid thing. Like I've heard people yelling at Kyle Whittingham. Why is he doing such a dumb thing? And, you know, like we're all know exactly what we should do. The truth is, is we don't have it figured out, do we? We're not the coach. <laughs> we don't always know the best plan. We don't always know all the factors a little bit like NASA mission control. They have all those experts bringing in all this information and the, the flight director makes the call on what to do next. Like Aaron said last week, in the heroes of our faith, their paths were not linear. God didn't make the entirety of the plan known along the way. I would love to have the security of a five-year plan direct from heaven. Come on, this is what we're gonna do, let's go. It doesn't always work that way. And if it did, faith would not be required, would it? And faith is what pleases God. I don't wanna miss the point. Faith is when we say, we trust you, Jesus, especially when we cannot see. We trust your word to be a light into my path, to be a voice in my ear. We sing a song here every once in a while called The King of My Heart. And it's a really beautiful song, but sometimes I don't like it <laughs> because there's a bridge that says, um, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. And I'm like, man, I feel like, I feel let down all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know, God, how this works. And then some of the verses say, um, he's, the, he's the king of my art, the anchor in the waves, the wind in my sails. And then the ending says, um, when the night is holding on to me. God is holding on. That song really reflects the paradox of faith. Now, I think Mother Teresa might have sang that song <laughs> when she was in the dark, when things were messy, when she's gone on 50 years of trying to see breakthrough for the poor, 50 years of trying to see transformation in her community. And then I think she gets up the next day and says, you're not going to let me down, God. You're with me. You're not going to let me down. That's what the Psalms are. I love the Psalms because in one verse, you can be like, don't abandon me. Why have you abandoned me? I'm in a cave. I'm afflicted. I'm falling apart. And then in the next verse, your love endures forever. Your faithfulness is new every morning. You've got me in your righteous right hand. Those are also some of the words from the prophets, but scripture is whole that way. It holds those paradoxes, those 
two things at the same time. That's weird. We're a weird people, us Jesus followers. <laughs> We're believing in God's goodness, even as things before us we can't see and we don't understand. It's encouraging. It's hard. I pray that we're a community of faith that's honest about all those tensions. So I wanna do an exercise. Steve, always my, my helper in the exercises. This is, you know, you do this at youth camp, at team building exercises, when your office goes out on retreat, whatever it is. So do you wanna just stand right here, Steve? So this is not for sleeping during your sermon? No, this is not for sleeping during the sermon. <laughs> Here's your microphone so people can. So put your blindfold on. Actually, scoot back a little. Scoot back a little bit more right here. Come stand right here like this. Okay. So I've asked Steve to put this blind. It's upside down, but it doesn't matter as long as you can't see. <laughs> Sorry. He's putting a blindfold on. There you go. Okay, Steve. Based on what you remember, if you were needed to walk between where you are and to the pulpit, it would be a straight shot, right? Yes, pretty much. Based on what you can remember. But I'm going to add some obstacles. Great. Because life adds obstacles. And we've done analogies like this before, right? We've got some obstacles here now. And you have no idea where I've put them, do you? No, but I, no. But you know there's some there. Yes, I believe you. <laughs> you believe me that there are some obstacles. Mm -hmm. If you have my voice, how does it feel, first of all, knowing there are obstacles in front of you, knowing you don't know where they are, how does that feel? Like it's going to take a little work to get there. Yeah. Are you certain of what you need to do to get from there to up here where I am? Um, not certain. What do you need to get here? Like I'm gonna sweep my leg in front of where I walk to make sure I don't trip. Right, well, what if it's a, what if it's a landmine <laughs> and you sweep your leg? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm done. <laughs> so um, what would you like? What would help you? Um, a stick not with a landmine it's not gonna help well no, no what else could help you um taking the blindfold off <laughs> taking the blindfold off okay let's say there's some other options let's say i direct you let's say i tell you take one small step forward would that help? It sure would. Well, why don't you take one small step forward? Okay, one more small step forward. Now take three steps to your left. Okay, now back a little. Hold, stop. Now scoot back just a tiny bit. Go back, you said? Just a little step back. So that's the word, that's the Lord, right? That's the Lord speaking to you, showing how do you, where to go so you don't turn over the glass table and shatter it. How do you, do you feel vulnerable at all? 
Sure. It's vulnerable, isn't it? We feel vulnerable and unsafe when we can't see what's happening before us. But faith says, I can put my trust in the Lord who's going to speak to me. And God is even better than, God is, is bigger than just his voice. God actually holds our hands. How about I hold your hand? I've got you in my right hand, says the Lord. I've got you in my right hand. Okay, come this way, Steve. Okay, come forward. Come on, come on. I got you. I got you. I got you. Great. Here we are. We've reached our destination. I've taken you. <laughs> you can take off your blindfold. You're here. Okay, thank you. You made it. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Okay, we'll just leave the mess. Faith is messy. There's a story in the Bible. After Jesus dies, after he's buried and resurrected, one of his besties, Peter, who denied him, who pretended he didn't know Jesus when Jesus was at the most difficult stage in his walk, right, at the cross. Jesus, this disciple, denies Christ three times. And um, God comes Jesus comes to Peter afterwards. They're having breakfast, I think. I forgot to read that part, but yeah, I think it's breakfast. Fish on the beach. And this is what Jesus says when he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he asks him three times. He gives him three times. And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. But then this is what comes next, Jesus says. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. There's something about Peter's life that would glorify God that was in this place of being led in places that he didn't even want to go. Could we say I just want to do the Lord's will and be okay being led like that. Could we say that? There's a maturity to faith and a maturity in Christ that comes from our surrender to the idea that we'll be led sometimes to places we don't want to go. Could we get to that point of surrender, to that open-handedness? Where we, where we become comfortable with the darkness, with only his light lighting our path. Could we do that? So now I want to shift gears a little bit. That's an individual choice that only we can make, right? But now I want to shift gears from talking about individual faith to living faith 
the faith walk together. So after Aaron spoke last week about a backpacking trip that he went on with some of his friends up to the Wind River's range in Wyoming, and he talked about this great adventure where Grace over there in the media booth was catching fish with her bare hands in these beautiful alpine lakes and all of this fun stuff. But then they started coming back home and they were in the dark and they needed these headlamps to get home. It was after dark. So you can listen to that last Sunday to get the full message. But after he gave that message, we had a couple people after that message say, wait a minute, (laughs) that was one side of the story. What about all of us back at camp who were worried about you? (laughs) Like that was not fun. (laughs) They didn't get the adventure of the beautiful views and catching fish and getting, making it back to camp safely. They were back at camp worrying about their friends on this trek, on this adventure. I got to go one year on this, on this backpacking trip, one of the highlights of my life. And that year, it was a different year, but um, three people set out on a trek on their own as well. Now, the guys on this trek, they're from Alaska. They leave, lead wilderness survival camps and all that kind of stuff. So on one hand, we were not at all worried about them because they know what they're doing. On the other hand, we'd made them dinner and we're like, do we pack by 10 o'clock? We're like, do we pack up dinner? Do we just let them go? Do we, we just didn't know what to do. And we were still a little worried about them because they were supposed to be back by then. So this is what we did. All of us at base camp, it's in this little valley near a little lake. We kind of We climbed out of this little valley and out into this ridge that overlooked the big, big valley. I mean, it is pitch black out there, except for the stars and the silhouettes of the the mountains, the Wind River Range in the distance. So we're all standing out there. And for some reason, it was a beautiful moment to me. I don't know why, because we're all kind of like annoyed at our friends who aren't back yet. And what do we do with the food? And are they okay? I'm sure they're okay. You know, all those questions. But we, we ended up in this big line, like from the microphone stand to me, kind of shoulder to shoulder, because it was cold. And we were like, well, let's all turn on our flashlights. We all had our lights on. So if they had lost their orientation, they knew what direction they were coming. And then we started yelling (laughs) out into the miles and miles and miles of view. We'd just be like, one, two, three, hello. One, two, three, hello. Just yelling out there. Just like if they needed something, maybe it would help. It certainly made us feel better. If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, if you want to be a person of faith, um, you're going to have to learn how to do it with others. Remember, there are people back at camp. Remember, there are people out there. You just don't faith alone. We never, following Jesus is never an individual task. It's a community endeavor. Your ability to give and receive love from others in your faith journey will be a sign of your faith growing, of growing in faith.
There are moments when we're one-on-one with God and we make that decision to pull through the darkness and call on his name. But don't forget, there are all these people cheering you on, calling out in the darkness, even if you can't see them or hear them. That party, they were so far away, they did not see or hear us. They were totally fine, by the way. Obviously, but... (laughs) But we were there cheering them on. There's a really interesting spiritual principle in the Bible. Read the book of Hebrews to learn more about faith. But I'm going to read from Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This week, I found all these interesting scriptures that our faith doesn't happen alone. It happens with a great cloud of witnesses. Even years that in the spiritual realm there, God is cheering us on. This great cloud of witnesses is witnessing what we're doing. When we're standing on that ridge, we're like a cloud of witnesses to our friend's journey. Hebrews 11, 39 through 40 in the message version says it this way about that hall of fame for all of those people in faith. It says, God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. Isn't that fascinating? It's we're, you know, that passage about we're the body of Christ, we're incomplete without one another. That's what that word is saying. Our lives of faith are not complete apart from, from others, or theirs are not complete apart from ours. Hebrews 12, 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Our journey of faith, when we decide to be people of faith, putting our trust in God, even if we can't see what's happening, we're saying we trust in God. When we do that, we help the weak and the lame around us. That happens sometimes, right? We hit things, we get weak, we get lame, we're wounded sometimes. We make bad choices sometimes. We went the wrong way. We just make a simple mistake. And others around us strengthen their hands and strengthen their weak knees and say, we can do this. We can do this. Come along. We come alongside you. You know the picture of birds, the flight migrations of birds, where there's a bird in front and everyone follows behind that bird. And then when that bird gets weary, some, the next bird comes up front or road cyclists do this too, right? The Tour de France, whatever, bicyclists do this. They take turns leading the way in faith. That's what we do in the body of Christ. That's what Mother Teresa did for us. With, with the poor, she, she paved the way for us. 
so that we'd say, we can do this. We can go that way. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. did. We can believe for this. We can go after this. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 speaks about um, ministry that leaders do amongst us to equip us. It says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. He gave them to us to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ can be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Then we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We're equipped so that we can reach unity in faith and knowledge of Jesus and become mature in Christ. Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances past everything we can see, right to the very presence of God. That's what faith is. It's, it's grabbing on to this promise that God is with us. God loves us. God is working. He's moving even when we can't see us. He's with us in the fire. He's the anchor in the waves. <laughs> He's with us when the night is holding on to us. So some of us today might feel very much like we're in the dark right now. I'm in the dark. I'm out on mission. I'm out on a hike. Maybe I feel stuck in sad circumstances that Mother Teresa, like what she faced every day, just this, oh, the weight of the world. For whatever reason, some of us feel like we're in the dark. I just want to encourage you today. Run for your very life to God. You have every reason to grab that hope and never let go. Your hope in Christ is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. That's what it says in Hebrews 6. Other, others of us are like, man, I'm having a great faith journey. I'm having a great day. There's light everywhere. I can see everything. I would just encourage you to remember that you have brothers and sisters who are out there in the dark <laughs> who do feel far from base camp, far from home, far from mission control. Let's go out there and stand shoulder to shoulder and holler for them and shine our lights for them and pray for them and cheer them on so that they're, they won't be weak, they won't feel lame, they'll know that other people are there for them. So let's finish. Um, if I wanted to finish with um, another in the fire or Waymaker, I'm gonna let you decide. <laughs> but we're gonna have the worship team come back on up. We're just gonna finish with one of those songs. Um, Whichever one.
And so if the rest of us, if we could stand, um, I was with some other believers this week and I was reminded of the power of using our voices. And um, I was just reminded that when we speak out and when we declare God's promises, there's power in it. So if I could get the next slide, um, Grace, there's one more slide. She might've been switching to lyrics, which makes sense. But I had one more slide if we can get there. And I would like us to make a declaration on behalf of ourselves or behalf of others who feel weak or lame. I would just like us to say, we reject the lie that there is no hope in the darkness. Because I think that's, that settles in on us like a depression, doesn't it? It just can settle in on us. So do you wanna read it with me and say it out loud? Let the heavenlies know, let the stars know, let the valleys know. Okay, let's say it. We reject the lie that there is no hope in the darkness. Let's do it again. We reject the lie that there is no hope in the darkness. One more time. We reject the lie that there is no hope in the darkness. Now, let's receive the promise that God gives us. In the name of Jesus, we declare our hope in Christ is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. One more time. In the name of Jesus, we declare our hope in Christ is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And one more time. In the name of Jesus, we declare our hope in Christ is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And with that, let's just sing a song. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to sing another in, a, in the five. There's a grace when the heart is undefiled Another way when the walls are closing in When I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone was another in the fire standing next to me there was another in the water holding back the sea and should i ever need reminded of how i've been set free there is a cross that bears a burden where another died for me There is another in the fire oh, 
Prison walls cave in 
you all go in faith strengthen your hands strengthen your knees give give encouragement to someone around you who needs faith who might feel weak and encourage one another amen okay so if you'd like prayer today we have a mic over here you can go sit with mike and he'll pray for you if you'd like us to pray we got a couple emails this week we pray for you when you email us we We remember you and we're praying for your encouragement. So God bless you. Have a great week.